Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect. Uh, Zach Fender, great shirt. Thank you. You're not required to wear that on these calls. You know that, right? I know. You're just laying, laying on the ground, actually. Next oh, to fine. Now, I feel so much better. It was laying on the ground. Well, it was folded. It was, I just didn't get I just, to pull it away. I found it. I found it in the trash, and I thought I'd wear it today. No, it was it was folded and clean. It just did not make it back into the drawer. <laughs> um, all right. So I have a question. Um, like, just trying to refine the process that got me to an outcome a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So I went to this patient once, but they're coming to me for low back pain. Um, pretty much like anything where she had to assume like a, a flexed posture. So toe touch was the main KPI that we were using. Um, but it was like, painful. It, it was painful. It was painful or just painful. Yeah, like she, f five out of ten pain. Um, kind of like both sides. That would. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> pain scales are one of my pet peeves. No, all right. <laughs> it's all right. I was ever. I don't know that was a pet peeve of yours. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Because it, it, it's like, it's, it, it's usually a yes or a no, right? Yeah. All right. A good amount of pain bending over <laughs> <laughs> um, or just like anything where um, it was like a flex posture, like sitting. Um, she's a swimmer. So swimming is actually fine. But if she has to do her flip turn, um, she'll feel it. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, as far as a chessboard um like maxing out er orientation with no irs um so like zero degrees of irs in both hips but like 50 or 60 degrees of er mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so my my initial thought where i went first which was unsuccessful was like i just kind of did some manual like basically put her in sideline and just like laid on her pelvis and rib cage to try to reduce the er orientation huh? um which did not do much um mm -hmm. So then I kind of decided, okay, to maybe go after the anterior orientation instead. Um, so with a little bit of manual work, and then I gave her like a hook line, that pretty much got most of her pain away. Um, and what, did, what did you do? I'm sorry, what did you do in hook line? Um, just like hook line with a like a ball between the knees and just like try to get the, like a little bit more of a delay. I got um, you. I'm with you. Just static breathing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so that pretty much like pain was pretty much completely gone at that point. She was almost touching the floor. Um, so I was just like, I guess, initially a little confused why that worked. Cause I, I felt like I would need to get the IR um, for the toe touch, but then I guess I needed the ER first. So now like trying to refine the thought process of like, was it just the fact that she was so far forward that I needed to bring her back first before she had a room versus like, if I see someone else with like a similar pain complaint with like a similar motion, but they're not as like, they haven't lost as much IR aren't as far forward. Then maybe that's somewhere that I don't need to get the ER first. <clears throat> that, that question makes sense. Okay. So um, where was, before you did the intervention, before you did the hook line, where was her ER? Her ER was through the lumbar spine. Uh, I'm sorry, space, ER space. Uh, out to the side. Yeah. 
so it's, so it's way far away from midline, right? Because clearly, clearly she was she was pushed forward, right? Um, limited straight leg raise. Yeah. Okay. But she was. But was she touching her toes? Initially. Even though it was painful, was she still touching her toes? No, she probably like fingertips to like just past her kneecaps. Ah, okay. And very, very limited. Okay. All right. So when you when you did the hook line activity, um, you had her feet like really, really far apart on the on the table. Nothing crazy, but definitely like further from midline. Okay. But I mean, like, see where my hands they disappear from the screen. They were way out there where her space was. Yeah. So you put her feet that far apart. Not not you like, a beach ball. You put a beach ball between her knees and you put her feet way out here. Not not that extreme, but further than like not they were not shoulder width. Okay. But but point being is it's like you actually brought her into some place where she could lay down some IR, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what representation did you achieve relative to the starting conditions? The more internally rotated. Which would be what? So you superimposed internal rotation on external rotation. So where did you bring her from? And then you brought her to? Early to middle. Well, you brought her to early. Okay. Right? Kind of makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Because all you had to do, all you had to do was downregulate some of the motor output that she was cranking up, right? Because mm -hmm. she's all she's all ERs, right? Mm -hmm. Which she's a swimmer, right? So so th that's not a big shocker. Okay. No, so you you did you basically just reverse engineered the process. She was in an ER representation. That was good because it's very easy to move somebody from a late representation to an early representation because the difference is just going to be motor output. Then you get the connective tissue behaviors that are associated with early, which you, you went from overcoming connective tissues to um, yielding, right? Which, which would be the goal. Yeah, I guess. With, with the toe touch, mm -hmm. does that, does that go, like, as, as you're able to descend further into it, does that follow like a similar arc as like what you talk about with a squat where like there is like an early. I wouldn't even talk about an arc in man. Shame on you. This arc was the wrong word. Like arc is the wrong word. <laughs> similar pattern of having like an early middle and late representation. Okay. Right, okay. So, so here, here would be my trick question. Okay. Uh, it's too early for trick questions. <laughs> Is a toe touch a bottom up activity or a top down activity? <laughs> the toe touch bottom up or top down? I would say. Hey, okay, here you go. Are you ready? Are you ready? You're you're twelve months old. Okay. Twelve months old. Okay. And um, you're gonna do it. You're gonna touch your toes, okay. And then return to stand. How are you gonna do? It? I'm not really asking by that. So you're crawling across the floor on your hands and knees. You push back into your feet. You sit down into a deep squat. You touch your toes, and then you stand up. Bottom up. There you go. Okay. 
So when you're looking at a toe touch representation, because we're all grown-ups and stuff, um, we tend to start these things from the top down, even though they're bottom-up activities. So the representation is that you're in a late representation at the top. You have to pass through middle on the way down, and you're going to be in an early representation at the bottom. Okay? You follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so she walked in, and and again, it's like, you know, she had a lot of ER represented, not a lot of IR, because the IR, like the way she was putting IR into the ground was way far away from midline. Okay? And what you did is you gave her the capacity to delay the current representation that she was in. She, she went from late to early. She superimposed some IR. So you gave her the end of the toe touch because you gave her some IR to use. She was able to access some representation of middle. So the toe touch gets better, pain gets better. Right. So you gave her, you gave her the delay and then you gave her an opportunity to change shape. And now we're kind of back to Dante's question a little bit, right? Because all she did, she couldn't change shape. Therefore, she couldn't move into those spaces. You follow? Yeah. 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 Good morning. I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect. Uh, Robbie, is that a is that a question squared? That is a uh, times two. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, first and foremost, I was on the call back in August. Um, oh man! Was I live of- then? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I can say it was one of the best things for my golf coaching. So um, okay. Pressure- <laughs> um, so I have a couple questions. So. Uh, I'll start with I'll start with this one. So you talk about both iliums being in an ER representation in the backswing. Yes, sir. Now, like the backswing starts before the club starts moving back, so we need some sort of like a trigger or something to get yes, the, the, absolutely the slosh. The slosh. That's <laughs> a kid. great way to look at it. That's a great absolutely. Um, so for that sloshing, it, how would you recommend? Is that like a plyo step kind of idea where you're like creating some eccentric orientation in the lower posterior outlet kind of deal? Or so I love I love that thought, but if you say plyo step to somebody and there's no step and the movement is really, really small that you can almost not see it, right? But you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What you got to do, so think about this for a second. The guts have to drop, right? So because you're in you're in sort of this like middly kind of a representation in a dress, and then there's no there's technically no differential. There's a little bit of differential just because mm-hmm. of the grip of the club and such like that. But if you think about it, like it's like when I when I bring the club back to impact, it's like that's going to be a really really strong middle representation. So you got to so you got to drop the guts because I got to create a differential, right? Yes. Yeah. So so you're absolutely right. Um, and and what you'll notice, what you'll notice is, you, and you might hear it, um, is that you'll hear the. <laughs> Interesting. You, you know what I'm talking about? 
like when they when they when they first take the club away oh, okay listen listen to the listen to them breathe there's a breath hold and a release mm. as they as they break the club away from the ball okay think about it you're a golfer yes take your address take your address okay do your waggle Everybody's got a waggle, right? Unless you're Sergio, and then you waggle for an hour and a half. Oh, that's my that's my trigger. This is this is what I've been teaching people is basically almost like to to feel like this back here is kind of getting relaxed. Okay, so so there's the drop, right? Yes. Hang on, it's it, but but if you magnify it too far, you're gonna kick them. You're gonna kick them um, off their their foot contact. Mm. So you got to be really really careful. So. But, but think about that. So, so you, you're addressing the ball, you do your yep. waggle, and then what do you do right before you take the club? I feel like a soft inhale, like a silent inhale kind of deal. Okay, and then? Then I, I'm, I'm actually like, my trigger would be to like create some expansion in the left anterior. Okay, so again, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, there's a breath hold, and then there's the, right? And then they breathe in. To oh, move, to move yeah. into that space. So that's the drop. I'm with you. I got you. you. See it? Yeah. 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 So yeah, almost like the drop is kind of like the, the, the kind of like the letting out of the breath to give space for that inhale. It has to because they take a breath in and, and then they don't breathe out right away. Right. And then they release. Right. All that muscle tension is released. There's your drop. In that second release, so you have like the inhale, like top of the breath, maybe like a top of backswing, and then we're kind of on the second exhale, maybe like through impact, or maybe just a little bit before. Well, okay, so you've got to turn around the top. Okay, there's a turn around the top, right? So, so we go er 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 er, and then you start to squeeze the er space closed till you get the hang on, boss, at the very top of the backswing. Yes. Because you have to change direction. Yes. Okay, so you're going into the cut. Yes. Your backswing. You see it? I see it. Yeah. Okay. Then you hit the ground up here. You hit the ground. So there's your twist. So as so you you capture the early representation and then you just keep squeezing it like a, like twisting a towel. Yes. You get to the end. There's the stop. Yeah. Can't breathe. Correct. Re-expand. Start turning this way and then. The same thing happens as you go through impact. Okay, you see it? And yep. then you re-expand towards follow-through, right? All of your big motions, all of your big movements are gonna be ER representations, okay? Yes. If there's a turnaround, you have to be closing space down and then you reopen it and then you squeeze again, there's impact. Then there's your follow-through. See I'm, with, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So when the breath, you'll hear them. Like it, 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 anytime, if you're if you're training a, a an athlete and they're doing their sprinting, you can hear when they breathe. You can hear when they like right, and yes. you'll hear like you'll it, it, in in golf. It's going to be a little bit more subtle. Um, just because the the degree of violence is much less, right? Understood. But now, but you will hear. Gotcha. So 
getting back to the trigger idea. So like when I'm, I'm creating like the, the fluid drop, right? Yeah. Does that ilium have to like go into some IR representation to make that possible? Okay. So you're, you get, so you're moving towards the early side. You're moving away from the late side. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Both, of, both of those representations, both of those representations are ER bias. Okay. I use the word bias because ER and IR are both there at the same time. Okay. A late representation has more IR represented than the early does because the early is accumulating IR. The late is pushing IR into the ground because you have to push IR into the ground. Otherwise, you don't get to the right side in a right-handed golfer. The late, the IR is dissipating. The early, the IR is increasing. Yes. Okay. But if you look at it, if you look at it this way, right side, left side, okay? It's that. I got to push down more on the left side. I have to let the IR come on the right side. There's the turn. See it? Yes. Yeah. So IR's coming this way in the backswing um, on a right-handed golfer. IR's going that way away from me. There's the turn. Mm. See it? Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. So then my second question would, <clears throat> this one's a little bit, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so like a lot of like the, the ground reaction force uh, measurement, like the stuff that we're taught is I'm going to have like a step and then a turn and then a step and then a turn. Right. So it's like, please don't throw up when I talk about this, but it's just walking. Correct. But like when I walk forwards, it appears to me that the turn, like the foot's in the air as I'm making the turn. So like I'm, you, you've got you've got momentum, right? Yes. Yeah. So, like, just to get people the general rhythm of like the step turn idea, like mm -hmm. it seems to me like almost in like the fluid might not go the right way, but like if I walk backwards. <laughs> okay. So hang on. So you're you're the external motion and the internal behavior. All right. Yeah. The internal behavior is on a slight delay because it's it's water. Yes. Okay. Do you have a do you have a water bag uh, to work out with? You know. What I mean? I, uh, I I need to get one. I don't currently have one. Okay. Um, get the clear ones. Mm -hmm. Get the clear ones so you can actually see what the water is actually doing. So you'll actually see it vortex. So you can see it spinning. You'll, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll be able to see, you'll be able to see the delay yes. that the guts are producing as represented in the water bag. Okay. Uh -huh. And that will help you un understand what you're asking because, okay. because you're, you're seeing the external representation, but you gotta, you gotta understand that the, the, the uh, internal dynamics are on a slight delay because they move second. Got it. Um, the way the way that you'll see it represented um, in a golf swing is you'll see the body move and then the club follows. Okay. Yes. Now at the turnaround at the top, um, you break out your slow mo, right? They get to the top. They hit their max p at the top. They start moving in the opposite direction and then the club bends. Yes. 
the head of the club stays back, doesn't it? It does. Where do you think the guts are? The guts are still up. The guts are the club head. <laughs> okay. Yes. Wherever that club head is, that's where the guts are. So when you talk about swing plane, club face position, especially at the top, yeah. you see something that 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 um, is less than desirable. They're not directing their guts in the right direction because the club head and the guts are doing the exact same thing. So when you see like somebody that's, that's so they, they drop their swing plane and it gets flat, okay? You got somebody that can't create the delay strategy. So all they're doing is they're orienting themselves in this direction and it flattens the, the swing plane. Do you see it? Totally, yes. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. There's the secret. Got it. Okay, it's the club head. Look at the club head. As the club head turns, mm -hmm. it You see it on the inside now, don't you? Yeah. You get it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the dirty little secret. So don't tell anybody. I'm I'm trying to keep my, this. My lips are sealed. I'm trying to keep this on the QT. I don't want to. I don't want it. I don't want it mentioned in public because it's it's. Uh, <laughs> if this gets into the wrong hands, who knows what would happen. Good morning, happy Monday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, man, coming off a huge weekend. Uh, the intensive 20 was over the weekend. Um, so a little bit in recovery mode today, to be honest with you, it's a lot of, lot of output. Um, some big brains, big brains in the purple room over the weekend had a blast. So uh, thank you to all of those who attended. You guys were great. Had a great time. Uh, quick housekeeping item. IFAS University members, we have a call today at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're not an IFAS University, go to ifasuniversity.com. Get yourself signed up. Please join us for that call at 1 p.m. All right, digging into today's Q&A, this is with Jake. Uh, Jake's working with some athletes with anterior orientation of the pelvis, and so we're trying to distinguish between what our expected outcomes would be for, for a narrow ISA individual and a wide ISA individual. Um, quick note in regards to what we're referring to uh, as an orientation. So typically what we would have is relative motion between the sacrum and the ilium. And, and uh, what we have with an anterior orientation is we have everything moving together as a unit. What, that's why we refer to this as an orientation because it's very positional. But in this case, when we have an orientation, we don't have access to relative motions. So we need to move people into spaces where they have access to those relative motions. And that's primarily what this discussion is about because we can't approach it the exact same way, nor can we expect the same outcomes. Uh, so thank you, Jake, for asking such a great question. Try to hang in there to the end of the video. There's a little comment in regards to um, a, a little bit of phrasing that you'll hear throughout the industry jargon um, that you want to try to avoid at all costs. So once again, thanks, Jake. Everybody have an outstanding Monday, and I'll see you tomorrow. Jake. Morning. What's going on? So we deal with a lot of athletes, so obviously that comes with a lot of anterior orientations. I hope so. Yes. Well, for good, for good and bad. Yes, um, exactly. So um, what I run into a lot of times is, is difficulty in restoring relative motions due to the anterior orientations, right? Uh -huh. And so I, what I need to do is be more successful in addressing that yep. first and foremost. Right. So, um, 
and the the distinctions in dealing with it versus with wides versus narrows. Um, so the way I sort of understand things, it's more of a structural bias to, for wides who are going to have more compression above sort of that trochanter level, correct or or no? Well, so so both can end up in an anti orientation. Right. They're just going to do it from a sequential standpoint later for a narrow. Well, it's 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 very easy for a wide ISA because the the sacrum is already nutated, right? right? And so so what what you see so there's an angle. So if this is the bottom of L five, yeah, and then this is the angle of the sacrum, right? I've already got this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. So, so it's it's a little bit easier for them to to yeah. to uh, uh, capture that <clears throat> that right. orientation. Yeah, um, it's going to go from the pelvis upward, if you will. Which goes towards my kind of where I'm going with this is um so for a wide, would you would you just sort of need to bias them towards activities that go more towards that counternutation inhalation type uh, strategy to as a means of starting to alleviate that? Yes. All right, that's what I was. And okay. it, I, yeah. but here's the thing. Here's the thing you got to. Here's the thing you got to understand. Is like they're never going to have a great counternutation like a narrow will. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But you still have to slow them down the same way. Yeah. Okay. And then. Um, uh, it's like so. Hang on. Hang on. Let me right. let me help. Um, like expecting a wide ISA individual to sit down into the bottom of a deep squat without some form of compensatory activity um is it's a rarity right um and so so again because again that is that is the that is the earliest representation of that pelvic orientation right, right? it's not that it's not you don't have wise that can deep squat it's just like well how are they doing it right so you see them like they'll they'll move their feet apart they'll er to produce the ir kind of a thing right and and so the representation is a deep squat but again the orientation is a, a little bit different um and so you just have to respect the 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 degree of structure that they're always going to be kind of biased towards that middle representation. Their ER spaces are going to be a little bit smaller. Their IR space will be a little bit bigger. And so when we talk about um, like slowing them down, kind of a thing, it's like yeah, we're going to try to capture that early representation, but it's not going to look like a like don't expect right you know, like a, a seventy thirty ER to IR ratio, yeah. you know, on a on a wide ISA guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I try and take those guys generally more back to it towards a towards an earlier yeah. middle strategy. But, yeah. So so if you if, think about it, if, if you just use like a, enough of the earlier representation activities, um, you you usually do actually really really well with them. Um, In early like, activities. So so like an like an early representation of the foot from the oh, ground yeah. up and things like that. It's like like they do pretty well. Yeah. The thing you're gonna have to be respectful of. Is how much space do they have in front of them? Because right. it, it's always going to be limited to a degree, right? That's one of the things because they don't turn, so they don't turn their helical axes like like narrows do. So when they when when they're stepping forward, you're going to see a lot more pelvic orientation if they're trying to get the foot straight out in front of them. And so you just got to be careful with that because what's going to happen is you're going to start to stick them in a you're going to try to stick them in a space. You know, where like a split stance kind of a thing. It's like they just don't have that space available. Right. Yeah. I try to more staggers for them than, than split. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You do. Yeah. You you, you do a little bit more uh, the foot elevation stuff. You mean like hip approximation sort of stuff? 
No, sir. Uh, the like, uh, like four foot elevated. Oh yeah, I got you. Four yeah. foot elevated. Okay. I didn't know your hands were a foot there. I thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I knew exactly what I meant, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's like so when you're when you're tipping when you're tipping them up or back, you're actually turning them into spaces that are a little bit more available to them. Okay. Okay. okay? Yeah, because again, putting putting them in a in a grounded position and expecting them to behave like a narrow, uh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen, right? Yeah. Especially and then bigger, your bigger, stronger guys. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's it becomes an exercise in futility. You start to see all the IR compensatory strategies and stuff show up because they just stick them in a space they don't have. But right. but but. The recognition of that al allows you to to guide them into a position where you see a lot less of the compensatory stuff. Mm. And then with with narrows, we present with the anterior orientation as a com yes. compensatory IR strategy. Yeah. Um, and the way I I'm kind of viewing it at this point is they're 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 doing it because they can't achieve that more of an exhaled IR representation in the pelvis. So that's kind of where you got to try and eventually bring them back towards. Uh huh. And then uh -huh. that should alleviate or get rid of, to an extent, the need for that orientation in the first place. And you yep. can kind of get them back from there. That is actually the solution. That is correct, sir. It's like the only reason, the only reason somebody uses a compensation, okay? And so when we're talking about a compensation, let's be really clear about this. What we're doing is we're locking body parts together that would typically have motions between them that can move in opposition. We're locking them together and moving them as one. So when we talk about a, like like the pelvis orienting anteriorly, it's like we've got the anominate, we've got the sacrum and the other anominate that would typically move in relative to uh, to one another, slam them together, tip them into the anterior orientation, right? And so you're just trying to you're just trying to reduce that so they move back into the space where those relative motions still exist to whatever degree that you need them. Okay. Uh, cool. So well, you're on point. You get it. All right. I just I kind of had to make sure. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it the, the 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 most difficult thing is to overcome some of the, uh, uh how do you term this, tradition. Right. The, like the whole, everybody the should like the, the rules about everybody should be able to like if 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 you, you. if you hear a statement like that, it's like uh, stick one finger in your ear, listen to it out of one ear, but don't listen to it with both because you got to take it with a grain of salt. Right. right. That, yeah, so, that was my question. Like the differences between how you're going right. to dress right. it between wides and narrows, it's not going to be the same way. So it's not going to be the same. It's like, and it, so, and keep in mind that we're always talking about the extremes for the purposes of understanding. Like, take the narrowest of narrows that you got, the widest of wides that you got, and then just watch them. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand, and it is. Perfect. All right. Still uh, catching up from the Intensive 20. So uh, we're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. Um, this is with Alex. Um, Alex has been on the call in a while. And uh, we were in a sort of a knee-heavy situation. And uh, Alex didn't let us down in that regard. Um, he had two knee presentations. Uh, the commonality between the two um, is recognizing the fact that in both situations, we had a knee result. So we have other influences that are producing these outcomes. One, he had a patellar tendinopathy with an associated patella alta. So that's an, that's an upward movement of the patella. And Alex caught onto that one right away. Um, he, he sort of had a great grasp as to why that presentation 
uh, would be affecting the knee as it does. And then we went a little bit deeper on the second presentation because we had to look at archetype, we had to look at compensatory strategies, we had to look at the position of the center of gravity to determine why this other knee result um, would have occurred. And, but we laid it out, um, I think, very, very effectively. And so I think it's going to help a lot of people as far as the understanding as to why you would see some of these issues arise. In, in many cases, in, um, it's not going to be a knee, it might be something else, but the, the premise is the same. We want to start looking at these relationships. The foundational archetypes are going to give you the point A, we're measuring point B, and then we just reverse engineer and close the gap. So thank you, Alex. Great questions. Great to see you again. And uh, everybody have an outstanding Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow. Long time. I know. I've uh, been a little bit. I've had some lifts at this time, so it's coming to, up to finals week, so I get a little time back now. You, you know, you know why I do these at six a.m. Eastern? Why? Because I only want the people that care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I'd continue with the trend of some of the knee questions you're getting today. Oh, awesome! Okay. Um, what so episode I, last week? So you, I don't know if you saw last week. It was it was a foot. It was a foot call. I, I did see that. Yeah. So it, it goes in waves, right? It does. It does. It does. We come back around to the knee. Go ahead. So um, I actually have two different representations. First one's kind of quick. Um, I just thought it was interesting. So both are female basketball players. Um, one of them's just been getting some some bilateral kind of patellotendinopathy um, symptoms, pretty common, um, but talking to the athletic trainer he said that um she was like diagnosed previously with patella alta or like patella is like riding up yeah um, higher than normal yes sir. Um, and i thought that was kind of interesting the way i interpret that and kind of based on how she presents too is is kind of concentric orientation of like the vl and in rec fam pulling everything out into er okay yes sir okay um Two diagnoses that I love, patella alta. Do you know what the opposing diagnosis is? I don't, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's, I'm it's guessing patella baja. Okay. Alta means up, baja means down. The reason I like this is because uh, Cabo San Lucas is one of my favorite uh, vacation spots. <laughs> and, and it's on the Baja of California, which is the lower hook. It's that lower piece of California. That's, that's Mexico, not, not the United States. And mm. so that's how I, that's always how I, re, I've, I've remembered it <laughs> like, since I was a student is like Baja. Oh, it's a lower part. So Baja, Baja is down, Alta is up. Squinting patelli look like they're looking at each other. Mm. Right. So, yeah, but what all you're looking at is you're looking at the orientations of the femur and then, and the, the tibia. And then you're looking at the muscle orientation that's associated with it. So wherever the patella goes kind of tells you what you're looking at from a structural standpoint. So you're, you're, you're absolutely on point with the, with the Baja because the Baja is just going to get pulled up or, well, how do you pull a patella up? Okay. Right. Well, you got to put it under tension. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now the question mark is, so where is the, where is the actual symptom? Uh, anterior knee, like right dead in the middle. Okay. If you poke on them, where does it hurt? Uh, like right below the patella. So, so like patellar tendon, inferior pole of the patella, right? Mm. So where's it getting choked? Right there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So pull on the tendon, 
twist it a little bit, choke the towel. So if I get a towel full of water and I twist the towel, what happens to the water? Squeezes out. Yeah. How does it tend to get nutrition? Uh, through the fluid, through water. Yeah. So gotcha. if, if there ain't no water, guess what? You're choking, right? Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, awesome. No, that's what kind of what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of get your take on it. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing, uh, my other one isn't much different. Um, it probably has some similarities, but, uh, I've shown this girl and then like one of the intensive calls before she's uh post-op ACL. She's probably about 10 months now post-op. Um, and we keep kind of running into this cycle where every time we start to introduce um, higher volumes of impact again, she gets this kind of shooting pain up her like medial knee, almost like kind of medial shin. And um, on the plateau, um, like, can you show me? Like probably like right about here. Okay, I got you. Uh huh. Um, and like, I know this girl can't, so, so she's like far over to the right. And I know she, she can't acquire the IR position. So she, she, she can't acquire the force producing position. Right. Um, so like, I know, I think I know what the problem is, but I'm, I'm kind of having some trouble transitioning. You tell. You tell. Help me, help me. What's that? You tell like what's going on. Well, she, she can't acquire the IR position, so she 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 can't propagate the force the forces um, okay. so to the pelvis. This is the left knee. Uh yes. Okay. All right. So let's think about this for a sec. Um, is she swayed forward a little bit on that left side? Uh yeah. Okay. So if she swayed forward, okay. Um. She's got a flat DR. Yes, she she like she's up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so so it looks like she's uh, hiding a hundred dollar bill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. So let's think about this for a sec. Um, so you've got an ER representation proximally. Mm -hmm. She is going to create an IR. Okay. So she's going to have a little bit of the outward curve to the femur? Yes, yep. Okay, where's the bowstring? Um, so so the femur is gonna give you the, the, the representation of the, of the bow, right? But she's got a bowstring that's gonna go straight down from the pelvis towards the foot to create, the, to, to keep the IR inside of her base of support, right? She's got to she's got to produce it somewhere, okay? So there's going to be muscle activity that's going to create the bowstring. Is there? So let me back up. If she swayed forward a little bit, do you think she's got a rectus strategy going on? Oh, absolutely. Okay. If you look in her toe touch, it's just got. Yeah. Oh, so she's got the little house on her back. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So that's a bowstring. Mm -hmm. Like rectus abs is a bowstring. It's going to pull. The, it's trying to pull the sternum and the pubis into a straight line. Because if I do that, she can't fall forward outside of her base of support. So it's going to try to hold her down and inside. Okay. 
But in the, in the lower extremity, I've got this outward curve of the femur that's creating the ER representation, which means that I'm bending it this way, which means that there has to be a bowstring that's bending it, helping to bend it down. Mm -hmm. Think about where that bowstring is. It's on the medial knee, okay? It's on the medial knee. Do I have a muscle that looks like a straight line from the medial knee that goes up? to the sternum? Um, is this uh, gracilis? Might be gracilis, dude. Gotcha. It's attached right to that medial plateau, right? Mm -hmm. it, and so if, if the bowstring is tight enough, okay, then it's going to reduce the amount of movement that you have available in that proximal aspect of the tibia. So whatever position the tibia is in, it's going to stay there right? Okay. Now, because you've got an ER representation, most likely in that proximal tibia, mm -hmm. it's going to start to turn inward. You're probably looking at where that transition is taking place, where she feels this, this pressure on the inside of the knee. It's probably going to be a little bit distal to the attachment of gracilis, because again, it's going to be right below that part. And so you're going to get this, you're going to start to see the differential, like right through there. Mm -hmm. And so she puts a downward force on. And so that is where she's putting the IR. Like it's landing like right there. Right below that, like gracilis attachment. It'll be, it'll be just distal to it. Okay. Where she feels the pressure. Get it? Mm -hmm. So there's a quick test. You, you lay hands, right? Do mopes. <laughs> okay. So, um, if you think about like the um, like the prone or a half prone, capture that medial knee position, right? She'll start to superimpose some some IR on that. You'll probably get a reduction in the gracilis activity. Okay. So I've done I've I've been using half prone since you did that demo with Drew. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, she definitely struggles to capture the medial knee in that. So if I would have been, and I, and I try and prop her, her upper body up a little bit more. Yeah. But, um, but so, so do this though. So left side, right side. Yep. Do that. Like, build, so, so build, it I, up, build it up on the, build it up on the left side. Uh, like left, left knee is up on like a bench or a box. Uh, like, like if you had her on the floor yep. and you put her in a symmetrical prone, boom, just tip it a little bit. Like toss some Airx pads under there or something. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Try that. See if you can capture it that way. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. But do you, do you see the mechanism here? Oh, oh yeah. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Like toe touch is like, she, she's cranking straight down right but so you get so think about this you get the the prone gives you an advantage in regards to the rectus strategies right mm -hmm. so you might have to go you might have to go like just like a prone on elbows mm -hmm. start um you could put her in sideline and do the um the the isa uh uh activity right mm -hmm. to start to create the turn um and then go prone if you can reduce the rectus strategy guess what else is going to get reduced gracilis is going to follow okay mm. that makes sense okay awesome thank you
Welcome, sir. That was good.